Look, uh, it's time to talk gardening and I'm joined in studio by Jermyn Gavin uh, by Mary Staunton on the line. Uh, Jermyn, you brought... Uh, this thing was shuddering in the music. Uh, it's a, a great big acer, but it's, it's, it's green acer. It's a Japanese maple, so Acer platanus uh, dissectum, palmatum dissectum, uh, sorry. Uh, really, really beautiful spring tree. And I've brought this in to celebrate your work here. And this is for you to oh, take heavens. Well, I'll tell you now, I'd sooner have that now than a motorbike like you two brought in when <laughs> I was packing it in all those years ago. Thank you so much. Uh, but look, we've got a lot of queries. Um, we might just go straight into them and then come back to the nose a little later. Because there was a woman on, uh, sorry, it's... Uh, I don't know if it's a woman. Yes, it was a woman. Her name was Darina. Um, and uh, saying that uh, there was an awful lot of uh, ants in her garden and in pots and everywhere. Um, and what should she be doing about them, Mary? It is the time of the year. They're looking for sugar, really. And that's what they're at. Um, so they're, they're looking at plants that are kind of giving off little bits of sap with um, sugar in them. The only real way to find or get rid of ants is to find the nest. So you have to kind of watch them. They go, they go in lines up and back and forth to the nest. And once you find the nest, then you have a couple of choices. Um, years ago, they used to use vinegar, water, and um, um, a squirt of washing up liquid. Um, mix it up into a bottle and then pour it over the anthill. That was one way of doing it. The other way to find where the nest is, is if you put a water sugar solution on the ground with a little bit of washing up liquid, they'll come after that and then they'll, they'll follow it back, bring it back to the nest. So that's the way to find the nest. Um, they also use, I, I would use neem oil as um, kind of an alternative, and I use that for um, aphids, white fly, all that sort of thing. And it's basically one uh, five mil little teaspoon um, in a litre of water and a squirt of washing up liquid and you spray the leaves, but you can do it for the ants as well. And Jim, um, like, do they do much damage? I mean, if you move a pot and you see like there's a kind of a fine pile or a pile of fine clay or whatever that they've been through yes. underneath, I mean, are they damaging the plant? No, not really. And in ways, they even help the plant because if it's honey fungus, they'll be taking some of that away from the plant, uh, as Marie says, looking for the sh- uh, sugar in it. So, yeah, they annoy people. They come into the house at this time of the year. But in terms of gardening damage and eating plants, no, they're not a huge pest. Right. Uh, now, the practicalities. What May jobs should people be getting on with now that we've sorted out the ants, Jermud? Well, sowing annual seeds straight into the ground now. The ground has really warmed up. We're getting a little bit of rain. So sowing things like poppies, marigolds, cornflowers, anything you can get a hold of, really. Just clearing a piece of ground, taking out the perennial roots, sprinkling the seed, raking it over a little bit, and if it doesn't rain, give it a sprinkle with the watering can. And that will produce a flowering meadow for you which will be really gorgeous and lush in the first year, no matter what your soil is like, uh, in about six weeks' time. That soon? That soon. That's wonderful. Uh, Mary, we have a budding first-time vegetable grower who wants to know if the loads of old manure he has, uh, if that manure is good for potatoes, onions and so forth. He says he's trying his hand at vegetable growing for the first time, so any yeah. advice you have to make life easier? Yeah, well, I tell you, the best of, the best of stuff is manure, um, the only problem, is, he was saying it's well rotted, which is great. If it, if it has a smell, then you can't use it, basically. That's the thing. So if it's well rotted, um, it's, it's ready for use. Now, ideally, um, you put manure on your um, vegetable beds over winter, and then it breaks down with the frost, and the worms bring it down into the beds that you're going to be cultivating. 
Um, but you can still um, dig it in. I would, I, if I'm putting tomatoes in, for example, into the glass house, I would dig the hole and then put in manure into the bottom of the hole, dig it over, and then insert my tomato plant in. So it's the best of stuff, but beware of manure if you are growing any sort of um, acid-loving fruit um, bushes, particularly blueberries, because the manure will raise the pH, and blueberries need a pH, a very low pH. So just be careful of things like that. Great for potatoes, onions, and um, all that sort of thing, but just beware on a few fruiting things. I'm fascinated, mm. Jeremy, by what Mary says about the smell, because I had a bit of a row with a guy who gave me some manure, and I, because I couldn't <laughs> smell the horse manure, oh. I said, are you sure that's that what you say the real stuff. In fact, it was the genuine article ready to use. I got, uh, I got a load. A friend dropped me from Wexford a load just about 10 days ago, and I've been slowly borrowing it in, and it's a hard one to fork into the burrow to put in buckets to get in through the beds. Uh, it doesn't have any smell because it's been lying there for about three years and it's fantastic stuff. My garden was lacking worms in the soil and this is teeming with them so I know the job that that's going to do as a mulch breaking down. Right. Um, what would you... Mary, we've two oh. questions on lavender now. A listener wants to know what he can feed lavender with and Mary in Cork wants to know what's the way, the best way to mine lavender in a pot? Well, lavender are, but they love heat and they love lots of sunlight. So once you can give them those two things, they'll flower beautifully. Sometimes they get a little bit, um, you know, lacking in nutrients in the ground. Maybe it's been washed away. So just a general purpose fertilizer. I tend to use one that's a slow release fertilizer. So every time the ground is watered or you're watering the pot, it releases the um, nutrients and the fertilizer into the, the plant roots. And there's no waste because once it's over five degrees, um, that works and it allows the, the nutrients to go into the plant. And the other thing is, if there's a three-month and a six-month, for those of us who forget to feed plants, it's a great one for um, just having in the, the slow in the, release in the garage. Yeah, slow-release fertiliser. Uh, Jim, would you, or what would you recommend for feature trees along the front uh, of a house? We have a pretty big lawn area. We're looking to plant trees on each side of the gate. Our site is pretty exposed and windy, says Deirdre in Galway. I'd go for a something like a golden sycamore called Whirly. It's an old German cultivar of the native sycamore, Aso pseudopotanus, and it's distinguished by really wonderful foliage colour. Large five, uh, life tooted five lobe leaves on red stalks uh, emerge yellow, and they turn yellowish green in summer. And they're just a lovely shape, and they will take exposure. Uh, Mary, a listener says, my sweet pea seedlings have three sets of leaves. How do I pinch them off? Excellent. So you go down to, you'll have one little, the first set and then the second set, and you just pinch the third uh, set down to the second set. So you're just left with two sets. And what that'll do is it'll bush out the plant. If you let it go too leggy, you'll end up with just one kind of um, straggly looking stem, but you have to pinch it out. So the, the third set of leaves, just pinch them out. No, pardon my ignorance on mm. this. Is this mm. You pinch the top or the, you go down lower? Right down. So pinch the, the leaves will bring you down a little stem to the next set of leaves. So pinch that whole thing out. From the top? from the top right um, that's that cleared up mm-hmm. uh, Jim I'm a complete novice gardener says a caller and I keep being told to put plants in my garden to give year round colour fragrance and interest well it wouldn't be all love that <laughs> but what plants in that category do you suggest asks Annie oh there's no such thing as plants as one type of plant that will gi- give uh, year round colour we use you know when clients use houses for low maintenance garden it tends to be a rather soulless garden so you need the complete mix you need trees 
shrubs, herbaceous perennials, bulbs and annuals. So a good mix of them in, in terms of the, which will produce a succession of colour. So we have the early spring flowering shrubs like ribes and uh, which are the flowering current. We have forsythia, stuff like, stuff like that. Then on to perennials at this time of the year, really creeping along the ground, you'll have uh, geranium, Johnson's blue, stuff like that. And then the annuals that I just talked about. So it's a symphony of colour that will come in waves. But uh, yeah, nothing magic uh, in terms of the plant world will dazzle all year round. Okay, fair enough. You need a mixture. You need variety, Mary. Oh. I have three camellias, says a caller, which have lovely, healthy leaves, but they've never flowered. I have acid soil. I live in Glendalock and they're planted over five years. Yeah, the, sometimes if they've, if they've had buds coming on them, um, sometimes they dry out in the, the late summer, beginning of autumn. And if they dry out, the, when the sap rises again in the spring, the buds will just fall off. And that's, that's part of the problem. So it's keeping an eye on the, the, even though they're in the ground five years, keeping an eye on the water level. Um, camellias need water all throughout the year, not just in the summer months. So they need uh, watering all throughout the year. And also stop feeding your camellias if you are feeding them, especially if they're in pots around July, because you don't want to give them feed after that because the buds have just burst. So it's a water problem and it's also um, a feeding problem maybe, but it, it certainly sounds like just a little lack of water. And the other thing to say to you is it's a bit like wisteria. People buy wisteria and expect flowers on them the first year it takes about five years for a wisteria to settle in as does some uh, you know some camellias are the same so they'll they'll waste their 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 turn and when you least expect it they'll give you loads of lovely flowers something to look forward to hmm. but uh, don't underwater or overfeed the message there dear madam what should i do to offset damage to a garden tree which was damaged by a rope which got embedded in the tree over time this is really important because a lot of people will stake trees when they put them in um fresh and then forget that there's a band a rubber band or a plastic band or indeed a rope going around the uh, the tree as it begins to establish and that will tighten and tighten and tighten as the girt of the tree expands all the nutrients in the water passes in the kind of epidermis of the tree so just underneath that bark layer we know if you strip a tree of bark if you wring it the tree will die so i would make sure just take the rope away make sure it's completely gone make sure there's nothing strangling it and then give the tree some extra care and attention so a good mulch at this time of the year of the well-rotted farmyard manure and, and water the well so just make the tree stronger at this stage and Mary my laurel hedge is not doing well in one patch the leaves are turning yellow and falling off although the other parts are doing well why might this be happening what can I do to stop it Sometimes, and this can also happen around a patio area, you, you would put in plants and one or two of them are doing badly. And it could be a simple thing like in the ground underneath, there maybe was a, an old stone or cement or something like that and it's leaching into the roots of that particular plant. I've had many uh, inquiries about um, plants along a patio where they've, they've, some are doing really well and some are doing badly. And it might be just a lot of cement was used or there's an old stone um, and lots of cement underneath the ground leaching into the root system of the plant. So just check down and see. Otherwise, um, if you see U-shaped notches in the leaves of the laurel, you're looking at vine weevil. But generally speaking, if the rest of the hedge is healthy, it has to be something to do with um, in the 
just down below the, the soil surface. There might be just some compaction and some um, cement of some description. The awful vine mm. weevil, um, oh. enemies of the people. Germans, <laughs> what space do miniature apple trees need? I have a raised bed, three foot six by six foot six. I have an apple, pear, cherry and almond miniature trees. How many trees should I put in this bed? I think that sounds like the appropriate. That's four trees. It sounds like the uh, appropriate amount. So miniature trees are trees that will flower on short sp- uh, spurs. They're grafted onto a dwarf rootstock. They'll stay small and they'll produce a lot of flower, a lot of fruit. Uh, fruit trees are doing particularly well in terms of flowering this year. Just make sure that you set up the bed r- really well, that there's, again, that layer of well-rotted uh, farmyard manure that has good drainage, but also that you keep it irrigated because anything out of the ground will need extra We've water. used up most of that manure now at this stage <laughs> in the programme. <laughs> we'll have to send for enough. another load. Um, Mary, um, to spray roses for green fly, there was a recipe for bread soda and fairy liquid diluted in water. Could you tell us the proportions for these, please? I don't know. Is that your recipe? No, my, my one is um, neem oil. with So it's one, five mil of neem oil with um, a litre of uh, water and a squirt of washing up liquid or garlic. You see, uh, alliums, anything in the, the allium family will deter pests like um, um, aphids. So if, if you can use two or three cloves of garlic squashed into a litre of water, squirt of washing up liquid, and then you're going to decant a little bit of that, um, maybe an inch or two of, the, uh, of, of that solution, into a spray bottle and spray the leaves underneath and on the leaves. Don't spray the, obvious, the flowers, obviously. Right. Jim, uh, does the use of plant food harm worms? Uh, not that I know. You know, anything in excess isn't good for the plant because it'll just leach off into the the the, the soil, which is why the fertilizers that Marley was talking about are really good because they're slow slow release, only activated when you water. Uh, excessive of anything, so if you're putting too much nitrogen, potassium in, will uh, damage anything. So always follow the instructions. And if you really want to play safe, make your own. So you can make a soup from nettle leaves or comfrey leaves, uh, put it in water, cover it, uh, stir it every kind of four or five days. It smells uh, something dreadful and one cup of that per watering can will do a great job and won't harm anything. Okay, now what would you be doing getting rid of, rid of ants? There are no harm, says Janet in Dublin. I suspect if we had Anna Nilana here, she'd be saying something similar. And I don't know what she'd say about this, but you can answer it. Uh, foxes are destroying my potato drills nightly. How can I stop them, says frustrated Barry. <laughs> my dad used to put in, um, the fox used to lie on his plants in the front garden. And what he did, he, he used to put in um, bamboo canes. So there's nothing soft to be lying on basically. So it's, it's, it's either have to cover them or put something that they don't like, as in bamboo canes, um, that sort of thing, or hair, um, human hair is another one. Um, we, used to, uh, we used to have a problem with rabbits, and um, I put a, a little bit of uh, hair into a little bag and used to hang it um, just at the entrance of the veg garden. And uh, I don't know if it deterred enough of them, but it certainly helped a little bit. Well, now, there's an interesting one. We didn't know that. We learned something there today. Uh, Jim, I'll give you the last one. Um, What should I mix with potting compost for healthy hanging baskets? Um, Some, you can get these crystals that turn into a gel. When you water them, they expand and take maybe about 10 times the amount of, uh, retain 10 times the amount of of water. Good uh, potting compost, and you can put these little fertilizer spikes in at the base of each plant, which 
uh, will slowly release fertilizer. Okay, well, look, as ever, my uh, gratitude to you and thank you so much, uh, Mary, for taking our call on the line. And thanks as well to Jim and Gavin. And uh, that's the end of my gardening. I have to get out and actually do it now from here on. And we're going to call that the Begley plant. I don't care whether you call it an acer or whatever. Jim, thank you. Um,